not like that. I'm talking about following a passion of yours in moderation to fuel something within you that makes you feel inspired or, you know, complete in a way. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. Are you ready? Okay. I think so. I mean, it's now as good as any time, right? Yeah, right. Right. Okay. Hey, everybody. Yes, welcome sir. to the Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Tony Dufresne, and today's voice of millennial, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, oh, Melanie so cool. Falls from Idaho. Hey, Mel. Hey. So it took me a long time to get you on to the show because as talented and uh, intellectually stimulating as our conversations are, you uh, you know, you were a little hesitant on coming on, but thank you for doing that finally. You're welcome. And thank this you all, for having me. Yeah, see, and that's and this comes down to you came up with a really good topic to talk about. And let's talk about that one first, the one that you brought up about selfishness. Especially when it comes down to millennial self, because you are a millennial yourself. Correct. And uh, it's a big thing that comes up with the millennials because it's almost an intrinsic thing or people think that it is. It's a cultural thing that people think that you guys are automatically or overly selfish. But what we want to talk about in the show today is the fact that selfishness can be a good or a bad thing. And, it, and I think the definition itself is very overgeneralizing and it takes away the good parts that it could be. Absolutely. So I wanted to bring up the notes that you had sent me on this particular issue because it was of importance to you. And, uh, and then from there, I want you, I would like for you to comment on those and maybe kind of add in what you think about them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, uh, when you sent over your notes, I, I wanted to do the show on the benefits of being selfish because people don't really think that there are. Uh, millennials often feel guilty for doing something for themselves. And you had indicated that that's the case. And there's that guilt thing. Uh, and because it's against the accepted belief that millennials are the most selfish group, you guys are already facing an uphill battle, I think, personally. And from my group that I have counseled, you guys are already labeled a, uh, a selfish generation. So yeah. getting past that, you have to fight that. But it really depends upon the definition of selfish. And that's what we want to clear up today is the fact that there are some positive attributes to that. These are your words. It's about finding something you genuinely love that fuels your true self, even if it doesn't fit into social expectations. Right. And that's and that's and that's what you're talking about. Why your question to me was why can't why can't I do something for myself that uh, enriches myself or enlightens myself or expands really myself? Why can't I do that or spend the time and take the time to do that if it takes away from something else that maybe be benefiting somebody else? Is that kind of what you were going for? Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times I just with people in my close group, whether they have a family of their own where they feel like they need to stay at home and be with their children or their significant other, um, you know, that puts a big hindrance on what they allow themselves to do for themselves. Or it might be their parents or their grandparents that are making them constantly feel guilty for doing things that they love because they always do that. Well, back in my day, I had to start working and I never stopped working to provide for this family. Like, 
who are you to go and travel or, you know, do these hobbies that are completely quote unquote selfish, which, you know, to go back to the idea of how selfish has a negative connotation to it, I don't feel like it should. I don't feel like it should be such a thing where people throw it in other people's faces and saying have such a bad rap to it. We always talk about context because it's always about context. Yeah. It depends upon the situation that you're talking about in regards to selfish. Do you find people getting into like mass judgment on that in in terms of uh, kind of coming down on you with a guilt if you're saying, "Hey, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna save up, I'm gonna work." A certain amount, I'm going to save up. I'm going to go travel to Columbia for a week or a couple of weeks or something. I mean, do they do they talk about, oh, why aren't you saving for a house or any of that bullshit? I mean, is that kind of what you're getting or what you're seeing? Um, from different perspectives, it depends. I mean, it took me a long time to convince my family why it was important for me to travel. There's always a kind of this underlining um, guilt that's in their voice or things that they say. That or like the oh quote unquote must be nice is enough. Oh, the must be nice. You gotta love that passive aggressiveness. Uh huh. Or you know, the um I don't I don't know how to explain it, but there are enough like little innuendos that people love to give in order to not support you and to build you up and to make you feel really motivated and accepting of your ideas and your passions, but more of like maybe a jealousy or a judgment. And then that puts a hindrance on feeling a certain way about what you're doing for yourself. Why do you think they have a problem with you doing something that's going to enrich yourself? I think people ultimately always want to do that for themselves. But society or, again, um, other people in the family that maybe not that aren't able to or feel like they are not able to want to place that hindrance on you. In order to do it, I you know, know, we we've talked about the. I, I, have I talked about the crab theory with you? I mean, it's in the book, and I talk to my clients a lot about the crab theory, and it's that I love the story. It's a great story, and it's about when crab fishermen back east they go out to fish for crab. They have uh, they catch them and they put them in these um, these bins. And if you have one crab, you find you find one crab in, in a cage and you bring them up and you put them in this bin. It's like a you know like like one of those plastic pools, you know, like those old plastic pools. If you put them in there. Uh, you have to put a top on it, like a mesh top, like a wire mesh top, because if you don't, he'll climb out. But if you catch more than one crab and you put them in this thing, you don't have to put a top on it. You know why? Because all the other crabs pull that son of a bitch back in. And that's the crab. And that's what happens with people. People, people have a really hard time when they're around you and you're in that particular bubble that you grew up in which is usually a pretty limited bubble, especially when you get to the point where you're finding yourself getting into an expansive state or a state where you're like, you know, I don't feel cool about where I'm at and I want to kind of expand or experience something else to maybe open up a different door, maybe a different place where I, where I might want to go. But you have all those other people around you that are used to you being you as you have always been. So when you start to bring out this new thing about yourself it's kind of a freak out thing with them. Number one, for a safety sake, a lot of times a family thing, it's a safety sake in terms of, whoa, what are you doing? You're kind of going mm-hmm. out the norm and it's a scary thing. The second thing is, is it, it clicks a little subconscious trigger in their own mind like, oh shit, she's doing, like you said a little while ago, she's doing what I kind of wanted to do and I never had the sack to do it. Right. And, and I think, yeah, I can go like based off of fear 
or um, people like to live in kind of a comfort zone, their own bubble, and they like to put restrictions on themselves for whatever reason. But that's why I wanted to talk about this, because I feel like it's so important that people either let go of the fear or get rid of the guilt, because it can be so incredibly healthy to do something that you like passionately love, whether it's art, like even if it's reading a book, if it's if you know, if it's something physical, like you enjoy going swimming or going to the gym, as long as it's something that you're doing for yourself, like one thousand percent, it it allows you to be a truer being of yourself to everyone else after you're done. What's like, your, I find yeah, what's your story? Being, my story? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your story that relates to this? Um, I mean, because I, I know that you're, I know that you're super jazzed about this. You have a lot of energy behind it. And I know it's because you have gotten to the point where you've experienced this. I absolutely love theater and acting. I can't say that I'm necessarily the greatest, but you know, it's just become one of those things where I'm not trying to make it big, but I absolutely love it for what it does to me, how it fuels my soul. And I think that's so incredibly important because at the end of the day, when I come home and I feel that euphoric feeling, I know that I'm a better daughter. I'm a better sister. I'm, you know, I am a better friend because I'm taking care of a part of me that needs to be taken care of in order for me to be a better person to everybody else. And when I see that, you know, women my age that are married and have children and they devote so much of themselves to that and they don't take care of themselves, there's a lot of depression that happens. There's a lot of negativity that happens. There's a lot of excuses and fear um, to do anything that they love because they've created this bubble for themselves. When I don't think that people would realize if they took the time to do something for themselves, what a better mother or, you know, spouse they could be. Yeah, it's a tough gig because you get into that role uh, and then your priorities obviously change. And, uh, you know, your kids come first and with a lot of people, your family comes first. But first doesn't mean only. Right. And a lot there of people. There has to be a balance. Yeah, because, it, there really does, doesn't there? I mean, that's kind of. And have you seen, have you seen any success stories with anybody that you, that you know that has gotten into a family situation, kids and husband and stuff, but they're still able to have their, you know, Etsy business or do the acting or <laughs> do something fun yeah, and I mean, to I where they can express. A lot of mothers in the acting community and going back to that whole, um, oh, must be nice or feeling guilty about it. You know, there are husbands that are at home or it could even be the husbands that are in acting and the wife stays home. They talk about it when they're there. They say, you know, like my husband's not very happy with the fact that I'm doing this all the time. And I I find that really unfortunate because. You know, if we could all lift each other up and support each other for doing our hobbies instead of um, taking it away from someone, you know, we would all be a lot happier, healthier people. But um, but in the cases where I do find very supportive, you know, um, spouses and family members that encourage them to be involved in this, I mean, they're very happy that they allow themselves to take time for themselves and they go home, you know, refreshed and ready to go. It, it really is important. And it's in the, the key in all of this is the fact that, again, it, it's like the happy thing. I talk to people about happy all the time. I think people, 
use a overgeneralized definition of that and it kind of screws people up. And I think selfishness is the same thing. There's Psychology Today ran a, a research uh, paper or an article about the different kinds of selfishness. And then they broke it down into three different ones. They broke it down into positive, negative, and neutral. The negative one is, I think, what we associate that word with mostly if you go to Webster's Dictionary or if you really ask somebody what the what that means in terms of being selfish. It's about doing something just for yourself, just for yourself. The problem is, is that in order for anything to move in your own life, you have to have a level of positive selfishness, with, which is kind of putting your ducks in order and aligning yourself, aligning yourself or focusing on yourself at a particular moment to be able to accomplish something or to grow in, in a particular position, which, which does not negatively impact anybody else. The initial problem is, is that people brand other people with that word like anything, and then it stops people in their tracks because all of a sudden it's a guilty thing. And if you've, if you've been raised Catholic or if you have this, just this guilty thing in your family over the, over the years, you're going to automatically default to feeling guilty about something. Mm-hmm. And automatically, you already have that hair trigger to be able to do that, and uh, and that's not going to help you. And th- you know what happens if that if that happens, uh, then you become passive aggressive, and that's when depression comes in, and that's when you internalize that energy. And when you internalize energy like that, what happens? You have illness and health issues, and you find yourself at a position where you're not, you, you know, you're getting up and you're you're not looking forward to the day. And I just, I see that a lot. I see it so much in um, the community that, you know, friends that I have and so many people like, oh gosh, I wish I had the time to do something like that. Or, you know, I wish I had more time for A, B, and C. And I can't emphasize enough. I work two jobs. I am constantly doing things for other people (laughs) and I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. I honestly do. That in itself is almost selfish for me. Like I volunteer, I get as much of a, um, you know, refreshment and excitement out of volunteering as I do doing something completely selfish, but there has to be a time, you know, give yourself an hour a day to meditate, whatever it is that you feel like you need and do it unapologetically. Like, you know, it's so important to not feel bad about it because, you're doing it for yourself, but you're also doing it for the other people in your life. You're going to, you know, that's what I'm ultimately trying to get the point across is doing it for yourself. Yes. Very selfish, but is there a selfish act, you know, to that degree, or is it, you know, ultimately going to benefit other people as well? But that's a brilliant point. That's a brilliant point because that's really what it comes down to. The fact that you're and that's isn't that really the whole point of doing self improvement and self help and and in introspection and getting into yourself and kind of figuring out you know who you are and purpose driven stuff and really what your direction is and kind of going with your particular flow all that's yeah you know you can you can, you can kind of look at it that is a selfish uh, thing in regards to time and in regards to focus but in order for you to share your purpose and share your gift, which is basically the whole essence of the book I wrote is the fact that you got to figure out your shit and then figure out how to share your gift with other people. Well, you got to figure out what your gift is first. And in order for you to do that, you have to turn your focus inward and spend the time and the effort to get to know who you are and to get to understand what that is. And that really takes, and, and, and 
even if you have other responsibilities, and I, I, I talk about untying the knots all the time in your life, especially if you've gone through a period of five or 10 years or so and you find yourself at, I don't know, 28 or nine or something, and you're in this relationship, you know, you got a husband because you married right out of school and you got a couple of kids and you're going to soccer and you're doing all this PTA bullshit and all this stuff. Even if you find yourself at that at that level and you find yourself, you kind of painted yourself into a corner to where you really don't know who you are anymore, There, you have to untie your knots uh, to find out really who you are. And you get, you just have to take them one at a time. But in that process, that's really being selfish in regards to focusing on yourself. I really want to make this show about redefining a positive selfishness as focusing on yourself to expand yourself and to, just like you said, in order to make the world better for yourself and for everybody else around you. Exactly. Because I really and don't feel bad about it. No, like, well, that, I mean, it, it, it counters, yeah. it counters any point about feeling bad about it because you're adding, you're not only adding to yourself, you're actually, you're not only exemplifying your uniqueness in the world, you're finding a way to share that with other people, which adds to their world. Mm-hmm. And that's really the whole point. And that's what it comes down to. That's, but, I think it's such a confidence booster. It builds your self-esteem. Um, they say that people that take time for themselves and do very like quote unquote selfish acts can be some of the best leaders in the world because they have confidence because they know how to take care of themselves in return. They know how to take care of other people and they know how to build this, basically this community of people that are all taking care of themselves. So they're all strong, independent people that are all for the common good, you know, to build each other up. Yeah. So. I tell you, I tell you what, if you go on, if you go on to Google and just Google, uh, which I did detect kind of do the research before we started the show, uh, benefits of being selfish. Just Google that. There will be pages and pages of positive aspects of being selfish. And a lot of it has to do with uh, leadership and being a successful leader. Because in order to be a successful leader, you have to dial yourself into a level of selfishness that, again, is redefined as something that is that exemplifies your strengths for the good of the whole thing. But in order for you to do that, you've got to center yourself. And that's why I like to consider that being more of a centering yourself and working from that position than, yeah. than just doing self. Because I think it comes down to the difference between more of an altruistic type of an attitude or more of a doing what's, what's good for whatever you happen to be focusing on, be it your company or your family or your relationship or whatever, versus doing something that's uh, just out of just a, a desire. Right. Because a desire from, from an emotional or a more, or more of an ego standpoint, if you do something out of desire uh, from a selfish standpoint, like manipulate somebody, yeah. that would be something that would be selfish because it's all based upon you just sort of trying to manifest a particular desire instead of creating something positive. Absolutely. And to go back to your very beginning of your um, of the podcast and you're talking about how millennials kind of have this rep about us for being selfish. I, I want to emphasize the fact that there's so much of a difference between people that are feel entitled or they are lazy, which are often words that you hear for millennials. And it's not, that's not what we're talking about. It's, I'm not saying, you know, always do things in a selfish manner, everything in moderation, right? You know, so 
there's such a difference between someone who is um, plain lazy all the time and then they just think, oh, well, I'm being selfish and I'm not getting up from the couch today, even though I have all these responsibilities. Um, it's not it's not like that. I'm talking about following a passion of yours in moderation to fuel something within you that makes you feel inspired or, you know, complete in a way. Um, and that's so much different than feeling like you are entitled to X amount of hours to yourself doing nothing. There's yeah. Well, I mean, if you, try, if you try to quantify it, that's, you know, that's the thing. So can, can we talk, can I bring up the fact that what you do during the day usually, cause I think it's important to put this in context. <laughs> sure. You might, um, Mel takes care of her mentally disabled sister who is awesome Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, which is, which is probably two and a half jobs, I guess, you know, kind of put together in regards to just, uh, mental commitment and emotional commitment, spiritual commitment and all of that. Not only do you give her all you got, like almost every single day, you still also have another job as well. And at the same time, you're able to take time and to create the space in order for you to be selfish, I'm using air quotes, and to and to expand yourself and to find yourself and to introspect and to create a level of joy and fulfillment that will ultimately, and I'm assuming that you doing the acting is benefiting every other aspect of your life. It does. It does. And I would say um, traveling as well, you know, doing the acting and the traveling, you know, when I can go and I can separate myself and do those types of activities when I go back and I am with my sister, I'm a healthier version of myself. I have so much more patience. You know, I can truly enjoy our time together. And it's not because I feel like I need a break or anything like that. It's more of like, it's just keeping myself in balance. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing, like whether um, it was my sister or my children, or you end up taking care of your parents or a spouse who, you know, might have been injured and is you know, temporarily unable to take care of themselves. I mean, even in times like that where you're really giving it your all to take care of someone, do not forget to take care of yourself. I think in those times it's even more important. Absolutely. Because you give so much. I, I mean, I can't, I mean, I've seen you, I've seen you with your sis and the the amount, the amount that you give of yourself is uh, it's unparalleled to anything else uh, in regards to anybody giving anything to a job. I mean, it's so immersive uh, when you do that. So it, that I would think in that situation, you would it would it's even more important to create that carve out that space for yourself in order to explore and to learn and to grow. Yeah, perfect. Very much. So. Thank that's you. It. See, that's the way it ends. So thanks, Mel. Great show. <laughs> yeah, See, so look at that. You, you, you came yeah. on like a pro. So that's remember, my acting ability. Remember? Yeah, I know that's great. I, I'm so glad you're going. We should talk about the jackets thing. Maybe we'll talk about that oh, next. We'll talk about oh the God, the next show. Maybe that was awesome. I'm, I'm I'm glad you put that up. <laughs> so remember, everybody, you can listen to. Uh, you can go to jobba.com. All of the podcasts and the videos are still up on there. You can also go to iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. I'm assuming you're listening to this on one of those anyway. But you can always go to all of those if you want to go to iTunes. That's always the coolest one to go to for us or for me because you can always rate and review, and it makes a big difference. Uh, for the rate and review because there's about nine, I don't know, billion podcasts out there. But uh, thanks for everybody uh, that's listening and uh, we'll be, you're going to come back next week, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like there's a choice, <laughs> right? All right, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>